Welcome back to the Redefining Anger podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Roy, a self-motivated force turned recovering perfectionist. After experiencing the traumatic and sudden loss of my father, turning to anger as a form of protection while living in a state of survival, and facing the wake-up call that I needed nearly two years later, I found community and began a journey of growth and deep internal healing. I'm on a mission to normalize feeling. I believe that getting quiet with yourself and really feeling what needs to be felt is the key to building a relationship of trust and self-respect with yourself. I created this space to vulnerably share my journey with you, how I'm learning to navigate life after loss, and how feeling alive and abundant is still possible. I believe in the power of sharing our stories, and my hope is that my story can empower you to navigate yours. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I have my friend, Allison Marshall. Allison and I are both mentors inside of the coaching community that we are a part of. And Allison has a unique story of grief involving both traditional and non-traditional loss. And I'm really excited to share her story with you all today. Allison is a registered social worker and an addictions counselor for the Canadian military. She is a mama to two kiddos who show her where she needs to grow every day. She defines herself as a dreamer with a silly heart. Allison has been a social worker for almost 20 years. In her private practice, Beyond the Hour Therapy, she offers both traditional therapy and coaching services. She is a trained hypnotherapist and is also getting trained as a grief recovery specialist. In this episode, Allison shares her story of grief and anger involving the traditional and non-traditional loss of her father. She shares her feeling of anger as it relates to the grief, as well as the embarrassment she felt with her father's passing. Therapy, and specifically hypnotherapy, has allowed Allison to start healing the grief. She shares how hypnotherapy even transformed her relationship with her father long after he had passed. She now thinks of him differently than she ever has before. Hello, Allison. Welcome to the Redefining Anger podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you, Kim. I'm super excited and nervous to be here. Oh, I love that you just are just open about that. Um, you know, like we were just saying at the beginning before jumping on here, what what is a podcast interview without a little bit of nerves, right? So I thank you so much for being here. So Allison and I, just to let the listeners know, we are uh, from the same coaching community. We are both mentors inside of the community. And um, Allison is uh, a therapist by trade, and I'm going to let her jump on here and introduce herself a little bit and, you know, tell her, uh, tell all of you about herself and um, a little bit about her story as well. Awesome. Thank you, Kim. Yeah, so I am a registered social worker in Ontario. Um, and so I have a day job where I do provide therapy. And I also have a private practice where I provide therapy. I've been a social worker for almost 20 years now. And I've been in private practice for just the last few. Um, done all sorts of jobs in social work, started with actually seniors and did a lot of uh, long-term care work around them. Then I've worked with kids um, and now I work with adults. And, you know, I, 
I took my day job 11 years ago thinking, I'll just do this for a year and I'll just, you know, I'll hate it, but I'll, you know, it's a job and I haven't looked back and it's turned into me wanting to do it privately. Um, and yeah, and I'm a mom to two kiddos and an 11 year old boy and a seven year old girl who show me where I need to grow several times a day. Um, and that is kind of what brought me into the the group that we met each other in. And now I'm just starting to branch out into um, purpose and career and all of that kind of stuff. Amazing. I love it. And what you just said there too, how your kids, you know, teach you exactly where you need to grow multiple times a day. And um, yeah, that is a hundred percent true. They are our biggest teachers and um they are like a like a reflection of ourselves, right? When we look at them, and we we just we just we can see ourselves so much in them, and so much to grow from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Allison, I well, before we we got on, we ch- chatted a little bit about um, you know the nature of this podcast. Of course, what I one of my the biggest things that I really um, like to talk about is anger and grief and just bringing more awareness around it. Um, A lot of that came from my own personal story, my own personal experience, of course, with anger, with grief and all of that. But I've come to learn inside of our community that everybody has um, their own story, right? And everybody can experience anger for for one reason or another, and it it can look differently. Um, it can, it might even feel a little differently, but at the end of the day, it's still an emotion that can be there. Um, and it's typically shows up usually to kind of hide other emotions that really truly need to be felt and processed. Um, and then grief is something that we know of as more traditional in the sense of losing, um, like the loss of, of a human to, to death. But grief can also present itself in our lives in various shapes and sizes and forms uh, in a non-traditional sense. And so you and I were kind of chit-chatting back and forth about that a little bit. And you have um, a story of your own involving your father. And I'd love for you to be able to share that and share with the listeners um, how that um, has presented itself in your life in the form of anger. And then also how you have processed the grief that has come with that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, I'm just turned 47. And when I was 22 year old, 22 years old, my dad took his own life. Um, And so I'll sort of backtrack from there as him and my mom separated when I was one and he left. And he was in and out of my life um, throughout the years here and there. But every time I was with him, he had a lot of mental health issues. He wasn't really there. I felt really alone. Um, so in terms of non-traditional grief, I have been grieving the loss of my father since I was young enough to know, you know, what his dad was. And, you know, I remember being in like grade two and doing Father's Day things and feeling like, you know, I didn't really have a dad, even though he was still alive and the grief of that and, lots of, you know, anger as a kid, I would often tell my mom that I was going to leave and go live with my dad and that kind of thing. And, you know, watching shows where there were father figures that I thought that I should have had. And um, so it showed up 
as anxiety. It showed up as anger when I was young. Um, I would see him and he would have several girlfriends and I would just get attached to them and then I would lose them and he'd get a new girlfriend. So when we talk about sort of untraditional grief, it's often that kind of thing. So like divorce, um, sometimes even getting married can cause grief, right? The grief of what we were when we were single, um, just as you and I were raising children and as they grow, right? My 11 year old already, it's really hard to have a, a conversation with him, right? And I'm just feeling the sadness of that. And um, so with my father, I kind of had both of them as I had this untraditional grief that was really never recognized. And then when he died, he wasn't really part of my life. Um, and when he died, I was 22, I didn't know you know, with suicide, I didn't know how to even comprehend that, let alone my dad. I remember feeling really embarrassed at the funeral that my friends were there. Um, and nobody can, nobody talked about grief. Like I went to the, you know, I had started having panic attacks, went to the doctor, got on medication. That's a whole other podcast, but nobody talked about grief in that, in that period. And then again, anger ensued for the next probably 10 years and it's been 22 years since he died um I've been in tons of therapy around it and it really wasn't until recently that I did a hypnotherapy session and he started showing up in those sessions mm. released some of that so um yeah I was it was very complex complicated grief that is still there here and there but took a long time for me to even recognize what it was. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point about um, nobody talks about grief. And, you know, I, I would go as far as to say that, it, just like you were saying, the non-traditional sense of grief is that, you know, we, we can experience grief so many times in our life without really actually thinking about it um, at all, right? Like you mentioned, um, like divorce, marriage, even as we change and our identities shift and we start transitioning, um, I know that you can relate to this being inside of our community and being on each our own individual growth journeys, just our own individual transition inside of that. It's like we, there's a sense of grieving the loss of our old self and letting that part like our identity goes well and so you know when we do experience traditional grief with the loss of somebody in death and it's 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 almost like um shamed upon to even talk about the experience of it i know for myself when my father died it was you know kind of like okay gotta be strong gotta gotta muscle up gotta do this i just had a, a newborn child I was helping my mom as a new widow and I'm an only child. Um, and so, the, it, yeah, I, I didn't even know what grief really was. I didn't think of it. I certainly wasn't taking the time to process it. And so I think that's, you know, another reason why I created this platform was to just bring more recognition and awareness around it. And so I love that you mentioned that too, how even for you, it it really wasn't, wasn't talked about at all. And so I have... You go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, Kim, too, is, you know, society has a belief that grief has stages, right? And and as 
awesome as that's been to give a name to this, it's also really put people in a corner. I'm going to go through these stages and then I'm going to be over it, right? right? Expect, okay, you're going to be angry, then you're going to accept and then you're going to, or you're going to be in denial. And it's unique to everybody. And it's all about relationships. It's, there is no linear way. There is no universal way, right? There just isn't. Exactly right about that. I actually had a podcast episode not too long ago where I, I kind of talked about those stages. And I think the stages are real in the sense that we, we, we do experience each of those, right? But it's exactly what you said. It's not universal. It's not linear. You don't just like one, two, three, four, five, go through the, the stages and okay, I'm done grieving. No, grieving happens in its, at its own pace, at its own time. It's different for everybody. And um, I mean, goodness, you could experience all of the stages in one day, even in one moment. And you could even be living in a state of like thrival and momentum. And then a song comes on the radio, brings back a memory, and all of a sudden you're back in a sad or angry or even depressed stage as it relates to that grief. And so, yeah, it, it, it comes and goes and it's different. It's different for everybody. So you bring up a really, really, really good point there. So when you started therapy, um, when you started therapy for yourself, were you already practicing therapy? Were you licensed mm -hmm. as a therapist? No, I wasn't. A, I was a social worker then, but I was working in long-term care and it's very different. It's more sort of case management, helping people get around, move around and, you know, maybe a little bit of counseling, but no, I wasn't a therapist yet. Um, but I still go to therapy and I am a therapist now because I really feel like if I can't sit on the other side of the couch or the other chair and, and receive that, how can I provide that to people? So no, I wasn't then, um, but I've always been inclined towards it. I love that you just mentioned that because I, I was actually going to ask you that. Can you speak a little bit more to that about providing the therapy, but also receiving it. And I love that you're just being so open about that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, I've been, so I've been doing, you know, therapy therapy for 11 years, um, consistently. And I think when I first started, I took out a lot of manuals. I took out a lot of papers, right. You know, I do addictions counseling. So I'd be like, Okay, this is what, you know, this is your body and these are the areas that are impacted by alcohol. And, you know, now that you know that, just stop, right? It was, it was very manualized, um, so to speak. And then, you know, as I did my own therapy and I understood what helped me transform in those sessions and what it was about the therapist and about the therapy specifically that helped me actually make the change you know, practice the skills, then I started to just try to connect with clients, right? Just try to, I was, you know, I just try to make a friend. I just try to connect with them and hope that I plant a seed and hope that they feel safe enough to come back and see me because it's, it's really, it's really about safety at the end of the day. So I hope yeah. that is it does answer. Yes, it does answer the question. And, and you're right about uh, safety. Um, there, I can I can say for for myself, I started seeing a therapist as well. It took me a little while, though. It, you know, like I said, initially after my father passed away, um, 
I didn't even consider the thought of grief or processing any of the feelings or the emotions that I was feeling. And um, it just manifested itself into anger. And I, I resorted to anger so much. It was a mask that I was wearing. Um, and then when I did finally kind of hit rock bottom, I guess you can say, and I started uh, seeing a therapist, the biggest thing that I recognized right away was forming a connection with with that person and feeling safe um, with that person. And so I, I just love that you're, you're open to um, understanding both sides, receiving and, um, you know, and providing that therapy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I know, being on the other side of that, what, what feels right and what works and, you know, also getting a therapist that you feel like, you know, I always say to people, please let me know if what I give you or if what we're talking about doesn't land and we'll switch um, areas of focus because I have big shoulders and I want you to let me know because again, it's our relationship that, that matters in this, in this context. Yeah. Absolutely. And so for li listeners today who may not be familiar with therapy um, or are curious about it, or perhaps they are in therapy, but they don't feel that kind of sense of connection or safety with their therapist. Can you speak about, um, you know, what, what change is possible in therapy and, um, the important piece of therapy that you would say the most important piece of therapy. And then also for those who um, might still be searching for the right connection with somebody, um, what kind of maybe advice or recommendations would you give to that person? Yeah. So the first thing I would say, you know, we often think, you know, with our heads and with our brains, right? So this therapist has all these qualifications. They have all these letters behind their name. Um, they must have the answers for me, right? Um, and then you get there and they're giving you the, the answers, but they're not sitting right in your body. So I would first go to your body. Like, does this, do I feel comfortable here? Um, do, you know, do I feel tense in this session? Am I getting too much advice? Am I getting too much too many answers or am I being asked questions to come to my own answer because any therapist that I've had that has helped me trust myself and bring me to my own answers was you know the best therapist that I've had right and I've had one and you know in our coaching program right it's all about self-trust and how do I my own answer and how do I sit with my emotions and let them come up and out and not assign a whole bunch of stories to them, right? So I'm often talking to clients about, okay, you feel anxious, what is the story behind that, right? And then also, again, talking about periods of time where they felt better and what were they doing for themselves to feel better. So you want a therapist who will believe that you know the answers and that you can heal yourself. Um, versus becoming dependent on them. Yes, and that is huge to be able to to heal yourself and not be dependent. Um, yeah, on that on that other person. You're absolutely right with that. What and what would you say um, can be the benefit of therapy? Um, I mean, 
So my my personal belief, and again, whether you're in coaching or therapy, there there is a difference. And I use a lot of coaching skills in my therapy. But you know, it's 2023. We've gone through a pandemic. I you know I feel like therapy is just as important as going to get your yearly checkup, right? Or coaching, whatever that may be. But to be introspective and to look at you know, what are my beliefs about the world? And if we take COVID, for example, how did COVID change my beliefs about the world and my sense of safety, right? Mm-hmm. Doing things through COVID that I didn't used to do before, right? I've never been so busy as I am now in addictions counseling because people were at home, right? You know, moms were being told, you know, you know, you got to stay home with your kids. You know, lots of people were drinking starting at noon, you know, we've had this, you know, that's certainly been an aftermath of COVID. So just kind of looking at how have I changed um, and and not being, not going through life asleep, right? I think therapy and coaching wakes you up, right? And, and helps you see where you want to go versus where you don't want to go. So I would say those are the, the, the main benefits of therapy, coaching, slash coaching. Yes, I love that. And I I completely agree with you because, you know, before I started therapy for myself, admittedly, I kind of looked at it as someone who, who quote, needs help, right? And I'm using, I'm using quotes here, someone who needs help. Um, And, you know, so when I started therapy, I didn't even think for a second that it was beneath me. But in my mind, I was like, okay, I've reached that point where I need help. But then after going through it myself, and then, and to your point, even going through coaching, which there is a little bit of a difference there with therapy and coaching, um, and perhaps we can touch on that in a minute too, but um, it really struck me as, goodness, everybody could benefit from this. And why don't we socialize the concept more? You don't necessarily have to reach a point in your life where you need help to get help. I think just having that support and someone to talk to and, and like you said, to kind of help guide you, um, and to lead you to your, to your, to a vision for yourself. Um, it's so important, but yeah. So while we're on that topic, can you, from your perspective, since you can kind of sit in both seats and you provide both a sense of both services, um, tell the listeners a little bit, what is the difference between therapy and coaching? Okay, great question. So uh, for me, therapy is often, um, again, very traditional therapy is often focused on the problem. So we're looking at anxiety and we're looking at depression and we're looking at how can we get rid of that, right? So that, again, I would say is more old school therapy, but you know, therapy right now might be focused on, there might be a traumatic event from your past that we want to bring to the, not bring to the surface, but sort of process and understand. And again, how did that event change the beliefs, your beliefs about the world? Um, But I think therapy's come a long way. And you and I were kind of talking about ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. It is a very it is based in a traditional therapy, but it's more about, it's more sort of leaning to the coaching side where we're looking at some ideas for acceptance. You know, if I feel some anxiety in my body, why don't, what, you know, I'm just going to accept that that's there. Um, um, and then committing to a valued action. So what is important to me in my life? 
what actions can I take that move me towards what's important to me in the face of having some anxiety? And then I think coaching, I think, you know, in terms of my transformation, I've done coaching and therapy. It's really been the coaching that's given me the day-to-day relief, right? How am I going to sit with this emotion? How am I going to understand that? How am I going to um, not perseverate and not focus on that, right? So again, I think they're starting to not be so different, at least the way that I do it, because I bring a lot of coaching into the therapy. Um, But again, traditionally, therapy would be get rid of, get rid of, and, and coaching would be at the acceptance. But again, like I said, they're starting to meld into each other. So I don't do very traditional therapy. So um, I'm not so sure, like in terms of what other therapists might say, but that's just my thought is that we're starting to to meld the two together. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think it's great to, to meld the two together. I think from my perspective, just having experienced both sides, um, and I'm not coming from a professional mindset. I'm really just speaking from, you know, from my own personal experience, but therapy to me, when I think of it, um, and you bring a good point about like kind of focus, laser focus, and like, how can we get rid of like the thing, like the problem we'll say, um, for me, my my problem we'll say was anger. And so a lot of, of what therapy did for me was, um, talking openly about it. And, um, and really just kind of like, you know, I, I did have a therapist who was really amazing at, um, being able to guide me and then probe me with the right questions for me to come up with my own answers, you know? Um, and so, so, which is really what needs to happen because that's when you really have the ahas, when you can like come up with the answer yourself and you have that moment of reflection and you're like, oh shit, like, yeah, okay, I get it now versus having someone just feed that information to you, you know? But yeah, so I kind of think of therapy as like being able to talk openly about it. And then coaching is acquiring the tools in your toolbox, we'll say, right? So like you said, when you feel those emotions during the day and you don't necessarily have your therapist right there to talk to, how can you... What do you do? How do you process those emotions? How do you, like you said, how do you accept that they're there? So acknowledge, accept that they're there. Um, and then, and what, what does that emotion or, or need? And then what do you, like, what do you need to process that? And really um, listening to yourself and listening to your body's needs. And I know for me, that's where I started to form more of a connection with myself internally. Um, and, you know, by getting quiet, and identifying like how I'm feeling and what, what that feeling means. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I think the beautiful thing about coaching and, you know, is oftentimes the coach themselves have been through significant events and come out the other side. That's not always the case with therapy. It is the case for me. Um, and I'm continually working on myself. Um, but I think that's another key factor, right? Is do you have a sense that the person across from you has is doing their own work, regardless of what therapist or a coach or or what have you, right? It's really important that again, they're not gonna maybe necessarily tell you that, but trust your trust your gut when it comes to that. Yeah. And you you just said something too that I just want to commend you that you know you're still doing your own work. Um, and that goes back to kind of what I was saying about, you know, socializing the concept more of, 
um, therapy and coaching and that nobody is beneath it and that we really all can have someone to learn something, excuse me, to learn from and to grow from. Um, and you know, we're, we're never done learning. We're never done growing it. We're, you know, we can always, as our, as our coach would say inside of our community, once you reach the goal, we'll say of where you want to be, you, it doesn't stop there. You end up going through it again and you level up and you just keep leveling up. And I, I remember her saying that early on when I joined um, her community, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I don't even under, you know, like I was so like stuck in my own, like, I just need to like work through what I'm working, what I'm dealing with now. And then now that I'm here, I am as far as I've come in my journey and I've, I can recognize the level up when it, when I see it coming and, and yeah, so you just never stop growing. Um, so Allison, I want to kind of bring this conversation back full circle because we started talking about your father and the traditional versus non-traditional grief that you experienced from such an early, 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 early childhood to now. And would you say that therapy for you has helped you along the way in, um, processing that grief? Um, yeah, so for sure, therapy has, and, um, you know, one of the ones I did in particular, um, you sort of, I forget what it's called, but you imagine the person across from you, and you actually put a chair across from you, and you imagine them sitting there, and what you would say to them, and a lot of that work actually helped me process through, um, and then, again, I got into the coaching world, and um, there were a few, as you know, some ladies in the, in the group that do hypnotherapy. And so I was doing some hypnotherapy sessions. I don't even remember what they were on. And then my dad just kept showing up, showing up. And I was pissed right off. I'm like, what the hell? And he would show up not really looking like himself and, you know, sort of scary. And so we had to do a lot of work through that. And, you know, without getting into too much detail by the, you know, by the end of that, we decided, okay, let's try to meet my dad and see what he has to say. And um, you know, I had this beautiful session where he met my son who he never met because he had died before my son was born. And the, the relief and the, uh, the anger that I had for so long just lifted. And I had, you know, I had a very horrible image of my dad, um, because of his death. And now when I think of him, I picture him as like, you know, a 13 year old boy, like I just, cause he kept showing up younger in the, in the hypnotherapy sessions. So that's what really transformed, um, my relationship with my dad and he had been gone for so long. And so yes, therapy has helped, but it, again, I would say it's a very untraditional type of therapy. Um, and now I also provide hypnotherapy to others because it was so transformational. And I, I love that you brought the conversation there because I was going to ask you exactly that because I, um, I, I noticed in your in your bio that you provided me that you're a trained hypnotherapist and you mentioned it at the beginning of our conversation too that um, in one of your sessions you were able to kind of heal some of that with your dad so thank you for sharing a little bit more about that I can say too um, from my own experience with hypnotherapy that it's been extremely healing. And, um, I would say that for anybody who has any curiosity about it to definitely, definitely be open to, yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. And I, 
open to that stuff, but, um, you know, for people who aren't, you know, it's just really a deep relaxation. Like it's, you know, you're getting to the subconscious of, um, and it's just, I always feel very rested afterwards. So it's not like you're, you know, it's not standing on a stage clucking like a chicken, right? It's, it's a very different experience. It. I know it's so funny. Cause when I first, you know, heard about it inside of our community, you know, cause like you said, we have some, um, some coaches and some women inside of our community that provide that. And I thought, Oh, hypnotherapy, like, what is, you know, am I, are, am I going to be under a spell? Like, am I just going to be doing things at your direction? And I think that's kind of like the mis misrepresentation of it. And that's what people think of it as, but it's really not that it's such a deep, deep sense of like meditation and getting super quiet. And like you said, um, really going into that subconscious, um, it's, it's really beautiful actually. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and you know what? <laughs> I just had a question for you and I lost it. Oh gosh. It was about the hypnotherapy. Oh, I think it was more of a comment, but I just want to see what you had to say about it too. Uh, just that, you know, I love what you said, how you were able to heal the relationship with your father through hypnotherapy, even though he's been gone for so long. And so, you know, what I want to say to the listeners is for anybody who has lost a loved one, um, who is feeling like, you know, maybe they didn't have um, closure with that loved one, or perhaps, you know, they still have things that they want to heal with that relationship or, you know, going back and saying something, they just want, you know, wish they wish that they could say they could have said something to that loved one. It's not too late. You can absolutely do that. And hypnotherapy is the way. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And it's interesting because in all of the hypnotherapy where he would show up, we never actually spoke. It was just an understanding. Um, so it's magic. It's yeah, there's no other word for it, but it's magic. It really is. Yeah, I agree 100% with you there. So Allison, thank you so much for being here today, for talking openly about your story and just sharing your experiences um, and also just providing um, so much value about therapy and coaching from your perspective as a professional in that field. Um, can you tell our listeners today where they can find you, what you have going on if they want more of Allison? Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me on psychology today, just Allison Marshall. Allison is one L and Marshall has two. Um, you can reach out by email beyond the hour therapy at gmail.com. Um, and I'm also on Instagram, Allison underscore Marshall underscore. Um, so I'm all over those places. Um, so I, please, please reach out. I love chatting with people, even if you're not certain you're ready for therapy or hypnotherapy. I just love to connect with people. So, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And all of that information will be in the show notes as well. So we'll make sure that everybody can get, can get in touch with you. If they want to. Thank you, Allison. It was a you. pleasure. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to another episode of Redefining Anger. If this resonated with you in any way, I would be so grateful if you would share this episode or the podcast with a friend, a family member, anyone that you believe may benefit from it also. If you want to stay connected, you can find me on Instagram 
at Running on Grit at running.on.grit and follow along my journey. Do you have a story to share? A voice that's aching to be heard? Send me a DM and let's get a conversation going. My information can also be found in the show notes. I look forward to connecting with you.